<laughs> All right, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of An Untold Narrative. If you are watching on YouTube, and I highly suggest you are watching on YouTube, uh, our guest today decided to show up wearing this beautiful crocheted or like knitted like fox hood uh, thing, which is just so fantastic. Um, Zach Smith, welcome to the show. He is an artist, uh, a painter. Um, the first person that I recall to ever call me out in real life being like, hey, I think you're David Falar," and I had no idea who they were. And so I like for the rest of my life, I will always admire you for doing that. Um, dude, what's up? Thanks for being here. What's up, man? No, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, fantastic, Mr. Fox. I'm in the middle of a, the Wes Anderson uh, marathon right now. And so. Shout out to my wife, Maris. She's my my muse, my creative director, my hood buyer on the internet. So, so she <laughs> yeah. bought this. She didn't make it. She bought this. Yeah, yeah that's still someone made it though. I would hope. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, it honestly looks very nice quality hood box yeah. thing. Thanks, man. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm stoked. This is exciting. <laughs> Dude, um, so you mentioned off uh, when before we were recording that you are based in San Francisco. Is that kind of where you're from? Like. In, like give us like a 30 second run down. Like, where are you from? How did you get into San Fran? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I personally don't like it, but like, give us your take. Cool. I like to hear that. Um, yeah. So the quick overview, I grew up in Washington state, West of Seattle, uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, I, I went to school. I played college baseball for four years, uh, for a little bit in the Midwest, uh, at a small school called Grandview university where I studied art. Graphic design was my, I major then. Um, and then I moved to Fresno, Central California, and finished there with a degree in psychology. And um, so that's kind of like that stuff. But um, I moved to San Francisco. <laughs> um, what was it like? 2017? Okay. I've been here like six years. I like it. The things I like about it are it's, it's a small city. Uh, like it feels big, but there's only like 800,000 people. Uh, probably, probably similar to Boston, honestly. Size like Boston's a little bit smaller, but yeah, it's a small city. But you know what it's like when you're like, this is a big city, but when I get to know it, it feels like a hometown, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, man, it's been cool. I've I've been out here for for six years. Um, I like it. Is it home forever? I don't know. So you why? So here's a question: Why yeah. don't you love it? Like, what's Ooh. what's wrong with San Francisco? Is it not? Is it not creative? Because like, obviously you're an artist, you're creative. Um, I've heard mixed reviews about San Fran. Um, but yeah. what do you think? Why That's don't you love it? I would say there is so there is a there is a ton of creativity. I also worked in tech uh, for several years. And so it's super tech focused. And I think there is a loss of appreciation for color and vibrancy and like expressing yourself in Fox. What's that? In Fox hoods. And fox hoods, but I have been wearing it in the street, and people are like, "Look at this guy." <laughs> but also, San Francisco is so open that it's like, "Oh yeah, it's just a dude in a fox hood like, <laughs> every day." So, um, I don't know. I think I think the it's been hit really hard in the pandemic. Like, tons of stores are closing. I live right by the mall. Nordstrom's moving out. It's like forty five percent of their their occupancy. So, I don't know. It's it's lost some of its like downtown charm and flair i guess um over the years just depends where you live i feel like there's so many pockets yeah um, but I, is, I aspire to be around creative so 
been looking for him. It's kind of hard to find him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. And that's kind of why I moved out of Boston. And now I live in Worcester, Massachusetts, for people that know me. And I find that it's a little bit more creative and there's more more of an art scene. But um, so talk, talk, talk us through. Um, so you, you mentioned you got a degree in graphic design and art, but then you, you got also a degree in psychology. And so how, how does that work? Why, why did you do that? Um, well, I started in graphic design mainly because I grew up with my brother skateboarding and snowboarding and causing ruckus and just being as wild as we could. And so, but I also played baseball. And so I was like, well, I want to play baseball in college. That would be super cool. But my mom's like, well, what are you going to study? And I was like, baseball. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm doing. <laughs> She's like, well, no, you actually have to like go to class. And I was like, oh, yeah. So they had a great graphic design program where I was going. Um, and then so I actually didn't finish with a degree in graphic design. I just took courses in, I guess, essentially. So I finished in psychology. So when I transferred, the art program at the new school just wasn't as good. Um, and so I was like, how do I just get out of here <laughs> as fast as possible? <laughs> And I was super interested in psychology because I had a, a graphic design teacher or professor mm-hmm. who taught with like a, a cool lens of why we do what we do and why we buy what we buy and how color and design and type influences us or can. And I was like, cool, this is really like interesting. So going to psychology was made a ton of sense because it's like a mesh of human behavior and design. And so... um Anyway, so that's I was interested in that, and then I finished as like I can finish pretty quick with a psych degree at a new school where I lost credits. So let's do that, you know. Sure. Have you been able to apply any of that? Like, did, what did you do right after college? Like, did you go work in that field or in graphics or like what, yeah. what did you do right after school? It's a good I question. assume you're not a professional baseball player. No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, the what I did coach for a year. I coached at the college I went to. Um, which was weird because you're coaching the guys you just played with. Yeah. So there's like very little separation of like, like it was a weird dynamic. It's like, how do you earn these guys respect when you were just their homies, you know? Mm. And you still are their homies, but you kind of have to have some authoritative, like, uh, right. presence around them. It was, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then I actually worked as a concierge for uh, a couple years and then worked up in property management to manage front desks and resident experience and, uh, Met a bunch of cool people, rich people in the city. So that was that was cool. And then uh, and then I got into tech and cybersecurity. Um, and then all of I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to get like so so is that like what I read something interesting on your website just before we popped on. Oh yes, let's go. Like, it was like I usually don't know what I'm gonna say until it comes out of my mouth. And like when you're just talking about I worked front desk and concierge and then I got into tech and like did this thing like are you just like shifting different things based on like what you gravitate towards or like how do you how do you transfer into these different fields like how does that how does that come about dude that's a great question um that is a true a true statement like I am very much a verbal processor and there's many times where I'll say something and it'll come out and be like well said me like I like that (laughs) um and and that seems to work for me honestly like my personality my goofiness this like energetic dude letting things just kind of come out as it works um and I think there's been a lostness 
for many years out of college mm -hmm. like like a, like this tension of i know kind of what i want to be and who i am and i don't know where to apply that and how to find that in the world um and so i think what's cool about meeting you meeting with you web3 v friends like art the art culture of today has really pulled me into like yeah you're an artist you're creative you i need to do this I just don't and now I'm learning like what does that look like is it painting is it um like product design is it making music with friends is it movies like you know but I know that I need to be making things with people that I think are beautiful and so um the other stuff was just how do I make money <laughs> you know like maybe I'm interested in being a, a an executive assistant maybe I'm interested in operations I tried sales um so it's kind of just like finding it and then learning hey this like nine to five tech world is cool. There's a ton of freedom and I know it's not my thing. And so then like, you know, how to go find it from there. Yeah. So, so when you, when you moved to San Francisco, you said you've been there for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. where, where are you working one of those traditional nine to five? Are you still working nine to five or are you a full-time artist? Like I have no idea. I'm in a, I'm in an interesting season. Uh, I actually got laid off a couple weeks ago and, okay. uh, congrats. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, it's good. It's like the best. It's exactly what I wanted. Uh, they just chose it instead of me choosing the time, you know? So, so were, were, were you in the back of your mind already like, dude, I love art and I love creating and why am I not doing it? But you still want that financial stability. And so you didn't pull the trigger in exactly. one of those situations. Exactly. I feel like a lot of creatives probably experienced that story of like, um, I'm doing this, this pays the bills, this is good, it doesn't stress me too much. And at night I can paint, or at night or in the weekends I can create or make, you know, clothing, like whatever you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the stronger the pull gets on the creative side, the harder it is to withhold the 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 job, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean it depends. Like so I've been I'm open to get into like creative to have a job as a, using creative skills, you know, kinda like yourself or people who make things in the world are cool businesses or cool companies. Um, but so right now at this current moment, I could say I'm a full-time artist. <laughs> I just sold that commission the other day, which was super cool. Um, thanks, man. Yeah. So I don't know. It's in between right now. It's like, well, I want to dive into creativity or my creative journey more. And I think that is the next thing. Do I work as a part-time job, a full-time job? Do I park cars? Do I like mow lawn? Like, what, do I do that? Do I do another job on the side who knows so your world is literally wide open as we speak it's wide open it's a good feeling <laughs> is it a good feeling or like you actually like deep inside terrified um nothing the only things keeping me up at night now are fun creative ideas or like what i'm gonna okay. add to this painting tomorrow okay so there's not a ton of fear yet but like you know if the bank account gets down to like close to zero then you might be some <laughs> might be some fear but but generally speaking, like, I think, like, there's very little stress, very little anxiety in my life externally. So that's good. But why? Because normally, traditionally, this would, this moment in time would freak somebody out. I think I have a little anxiety hearing your story right now. <laughs> but we yeah. live in a beautiful era of 2023 where the internet creates possibilities for anything. And you can do anything you want to do, right? Is, totally. So, like, what... Why don't you have this stress or anxiety? Like if people, people are listening to this podcast, like, you know, creatives from all different backgrounds and stuff like that. And like, 
they may experience this in the future or they may have already experienced this in the future like and maybe have had something like a different reaction to the way you're reacting to it like do you know why you're not worried about it dang dude um i think part of it is the 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 knowing i didn't want to be doing what i was doing before and i felt like this release of freedom like hey now you have a shot like you have a window now of is it a week two weeks four weeks a month a year does this change forever right now and i think that's the excitement of it is more powerful right now internally than fear um and so i don't know there's been the also i know you got this book too but this thing has been transformative in mm. like everything so i've been reading this for months and then getting let go i was like i mean initially there was shock there was fear there was like oh shit what do i do now what will people think of me uh am i not good enough like i was basically there's like a fear of rejection that is confirmed in that setting right of like hey we don't think you're good enough to be doing what you're doing here so we're gonna let you go is that true no i kind of make that up but um i think on the identity level i was like okay those things are happening i'm a little scared i have a wife we don't have a family so there's not like a ton riding on me providing income and stuff um but just being open with her and being like all right well we have a little time to figure this out um so we're also moving uh for a little bit and going to be in a transition time so there's like financial things there's less of a burden so sure. there's a lot of things but i think i think generally like there's a noticing of my life right now that's really fun and exciting and that's way more like impactful than wow so we we caught you in a really cool time what's going to be amazing is when you come back in a couple of years on this on the show when <laughs> we figure out what that next phase is the next chapter um for those who aren't watching on YouTube, you were holding up uh, Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act. Um, and so it does have a like what's cool about that book is you can flip to any page in any day and like pick up and like learn something. Right. And it's usually these very simplistic, minimalist like ideologies that like can get you like or snap you out of a rut or whatever it is. And like, is there something that you've like gained from that book. I mean, there's so many great books out there, but like Rick Rubin is obviously a massive creative thought leader. Mm -hmm. um, is there something that stands out for you like that to like help you during these times that, you, that you've maybe read in the past couple of days or weeks? Yeah, um, I think one, the book as a whole, like I haven't really, I haven't read much on creativity. I used to do a lot of self-help book on like sales and like when friends and you know, all, all the big ones. And I was like, I don't even do sales. Why am I reading this? Why is, am I following <laughs> Grant Cardone and like all that shit, you know? Um, and so this one's like, I don't know. He, he made creativity in the process of like living life holistically is like true to yourself, like like palpable. Like I can I can understand it because creativity is such a like wide topic, right? It's like mm -hmm. what, it's different for everyone. It looks different, feels different, all that stuff. So I think. He's able to put into words the things we experience. And I think that's been super helpful. And then the biggest part I read to answer the question is um, the noticing. I think it's like chapter two called tuning in or something. Um, but noticing the world around me. Like he talks about, um, what do you, I had a quote from him. I'm going to read it. I wrote it down. I had it in my, yeah. my tools. Uh, the universe is only as large as our perception of it. When we cultivate our awareness, we are expanding the universe. This expands the scope 
not just of the material at our disposal to create from, but the life we get to live. I was like, ooh. I think that's juicy. Um, I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's noticing like, like people, their expressions, typefaces in the world. When someone's frustrated at a coffee shop, uh, the way this, the electric car sound when they back up, like, like all these little nuggets of things that happen in the world, they're easy to just like go by mm. and slow down and be like, oh, that's interesting. And then being like, why is that interesting to me? And then obviously move on to, to what's past that. But like speaking of Wes Anderson in this film marathon, I'm like that dude and the people he works with must have to be noticers or like, like really present people because you don't just like write scripts that have these little details if you're not like aware of yourself or aware of like the world and people around you. Mm. So that's, that's like everything to me right now. Wow. I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's, yeah. that's really, really fascinating. Um, I have a tendency, you know, in terms of being self-aware, I do read a lot of these books similar to you, right? Like whether they're betterment books or self-help books or sales driven books or just like in that ecosystem of YouTube. And then I buy these books and then I read them. Yeah. But a lot of times what I find is like, I'm interested in them, but I don't retain a lot. I'll like retain like a couple things. So I think it's awesome that like, clearly this book has impacted you because you're you one retracted something, you wrote it down and you're like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I get it. And like, I think that's really amazing. Um, one of the things, um, that's really fascinating about having you on right now is the fact that you are in this transition period and you're trying to figure it out as a creative. And so what I've been watching primarily through social media is like, you're really leaning into your, your art. Right. And so, so you're, I don't know if you'd even call yourself like a traditional artist, but like, you know, you paint on canvases and, you know, different styles and you decided to buy these massive um, canvases. I believe they were, 30 feet or three feet by three feet yeah yeah three and you bought 30 of them and Not so three. yeah that that three. seems as, i'm just gonna make an observation as somebody who just got laid off maybe wants to be a little bit more strategic with you know how they spend their money you bought 30 fucking massive canvases <laughs> dude you gotta talk us through it <laughs> you're like dude it's getting crazier uh, yeah no, that's a good question. Yeah, I um so the art store, I live around the corner from an art store. That's so amazing. shout out to shout out to Dick Blick Art Materials on Market Street. <laughs> um, they they have sales, you know, every once in a while. And one of them, I got the little postcard in the mail that said uh 60% off any canvases if you buy five or more. And I'd already had well, let me go back like two days before that. I was taking a bath and I was this idea came back to me that I'd been kicking around prior to that. You know when ideas are like floating in, in, your, in your brain and they haven't got to the point where you're like, I write it down and then it hasn't moved out of there. And so in the bath, I'm like, boom, oh shit, that idea. So I like get on my phone and I type it out and I was like 30 pieces, it makes a ton of sense. I then see the postcard and I'm like six plus canvases, 60% off. I was like, that's a no brainer. Like I have to buy the 30. <laughs> Cause like that makes a canvas that's usually a hundred dollars, you know, down to 60, which is uh, super cheap for that size. So uh, I was like, to, to my wife, I was like, hey, I want to go buy some canvases, like quite a few. She's like, how many? I was like, 30. She's like, 30? <laughs> and so like our foyer was full. The, my bedside was just stacks of canvas. And it's like, 
it's a little chaotic, but it's been cool. But not not only like thirty of any size canvas is a lot, but you bought probably the biggest canvas size there is that they sell. Pretty yeah, I mean there's bigger, but pretty big. Like like I had to park out back, and the people had to help me load it in the car, and I drove around the corner, unloaded it. Like in that moment, I was like, okay, this is a big deal. <laughs> this is a lot of canvas. So um, yeah. So, what would like explain the idea behind it right like what you are you willing to share that like mm -hmm. you know, 30 pieces on this on these massive uh platforms like what do you, what, what is your intent with it yeah um i think the backstory is super helpful i'm a big backstory guy and i think um the original idea in the bath was i've been a schemer since like as long as i can remember usually scheming to make money or get something i want you know um and so this idea comes up, I was like, oh, 30 pieces. The original thought was 30 pieces in 30 days is like a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And then and then I was gonna do, I was gonna do like NFTs with them. I was gonna uh, have a show, I was gonna record it. I was gonna basically do a piece per day and then after that day, put it up for sale and then move on. Um, and talking to Maris, my wife, she's like, is it gonna take kind of the fun of creating out of it if you're like, it's like making such a job of it. So that was like flag one where I was like, ooh, that's right. I could see by, you know, 20, Canvas 22 being like, Ugh. I'm like pushing through this because I said I would, which yeah. I have respect for doing that in life. I like to do those things like, but as a creative, I don't know if that fits really well, you know? And so, right. um, but it, yeah, it was a scheme. It was like, all right, if I get 30 canvases, I sell them for this much and I do a show, I can make this much money, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, and so I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Buy the canvases. And I was like, but then there's no heart for the art. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, let's just throw paint on. And it, was like, it, it felt empty is what it felt like. And so I took a step back for probably a couple months uh, as, as I, like, one, Rick Rubin comes into my life, uh, meeting with other creatives, leaning into my, my, my artist. And um, I'm like, okay. There needs to be something different here that feels more true to me. Um, and I do these, like, I think a lot of artists have, like, a sketchbook or, like, a journal where you just kind of, like, doodle or throw out thoughts or you graffiti, like, words or, you know, draw something in front of you. And so I've always done these, like, one-pagers of kind of just graphic. It's not even graphic journals. It's just, like, playing around with my sketchbook. And... uh my wife's like, why don't you do that on the canvas? And I was like, what? That's just like my warm up, playful, whatever. But there was something, there was some gravity to what she was saying is like, oh yeah, that's, she's like, that's your style. That's like, that's your thing. You've been searching everywhere. I'm like looking all like, what's my style? What are people going to like? What? Is, and it's like, no, dude, it's right here. <laughs> um, and so anyways, that was huge, super eye opening. And, um, and so then I was like, let me do one canvas and, and try this. And it was so sick. I was like, this is my favorite of any paintings I've done. Wow. And most close to my heart and most vulnerable and most like, like I'm in therapy and I come out with a phrase and then I write the phrase on the canvas and it's just like, so there's like a lot of like closeness, mm -hmm. um, which can be hard to share to the world, but I think that's where it is. I think that's where it's sweet, you know? So I think that's where it's beautiful. So, so that's kind of where we're moving is like, all right, each canvas, Maybe it's not as thought out as it, it was, and that's okay because it doesn't need to be. Just like, what are the words and movies and inspirations and things I'm noticing right now in this day or this week that are going to go on the canvas? 
that are going to capture that moment. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to be in 30 days. And it's not going to be in 30 days. Amazing. So I, my 30th birthday is in about 30 days from now. And so here I am. I'm like, oh, we got 30 days. Let's knock it out. Let's get it done. But, um, but no, I think I think over the next 30 days, depending on what I do with my life, I could have a lot of time to do a lot of these canvases. So I do see this summer being I want to do a show and showcase the 30 pieces and like let the story tell itself and, and people be like, oh, OK, Zach was like the bigger story is like in 30, 40 years, I can look back, hopefully, and be like, oh, man, remember that season? That was so crazy. Like I went through some depression. I got laid off. Like I've had some fun. I made this is when I jumped into being an artist full time. I just think painting I think painting is cool like that. It can capture like the essence of where you are. So so I'll yeah. share this with you. I don't think we knew each other then, but I did a, my first solo show on my 30th birthday. Dude, that's amazing. So, so I love I love this idea of capturing it. I I know how hard it is. Like I had it was like 27 works of art up. So like I like Wow. Frank. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot. And so like, I don't recommend you busting ass over the next 30 days, because I think you're going to burn yourself out. But I think it's a great time for you to kind of experiment and showcase that. And I think that's super fun. And I don't think I, I still can't wrap my I've never painted on a three foot by three foot canvas. So like, it's fucking massive, dude. Like that's <laughs> thir- times like that is a lot yeah. of work. So like, I'm stoked yeah. to see what you come up with. Thanks, um, dude. You have to mix more paint. <laughs> that's the biggest take right now. <laughs> I'm like making these little dots. I'm like, I'm out of paint. And that's the only, that color only existed right there. Like shit. It's true. It's super true. Um, Wait, real, real quick. If you can hold that thought. I'm curious yeah. what your experience in mixing paint is like, because that's been so cathartic for me. Making a color. So, on, on like a it's palette. actually, it's actually my least favorite part of painting. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I've never been good at it. Um, I won't spend too much time because people can watch it podcast episode where i've been i've been hosting on it but i learned how to paint like four years ago out of necessity when i got a second job teaching art classes at like one of these wine bars where like white women get drunk and then they (laughs) go paint with like their you know moms and stuff like that so i had to get up on stage and teach people how to paint but i had no painting experience and i definitely didn't know how to mix colors and so they like jammed it down your throat of like how to mix these colors and like Mm -hmm. the basics and like i never was good at it and like they had such a high bar to like every single time you got on stage like it had to be exactly to what you previously painted so yeah. you don't mix properly you don't get your proportions right it's all Damn. jacked up today i don't care that much because it to me it sucks the fun out of it right like you sure. mentioned paint is in that moment in time and that color is in that moment in time and like yeah. it makes it challenging when i do commissions but like that was my my experience with mixing. I don't like it, but yeah, you tell That's me cool. how you feel about it. <laughs> huge respect, huge respect for that story of getting up on stage and teaching a, a class and not ever really doing it. That's, I love that. Um, and it makes sense why you don't love it because you like had to be perfect yeah. <laughs> with it, or or else I don't know what the consequences are. But like, I don't know. For me, it's it's equal. I love it overall. Because one, I've been amazed that with the primary colors in black and white, you can make like any color under the sun, which is nuts. And then seeing like, say I put red and yellow together and just seeing them like dance until they turn mm. into a new thing is super cool. And sometimes I wish I had a mini tumbler on my desk where I just like, and it just gug, 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 and mix it up for me, you know? <laughs> so if we need to invent that, you know, I'll, I'll give you one. 
I mean, I hope so, dude. I mean, I I, th- I think you got this. Um, I do. You mentioned, you know, going through some rough times and rough patches and, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with depression and, and being in therapy. What's something that you struggle with? Like even before the layoff and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. over, you know, you mentioned you're going into your 30th year of life. What's something that you've, you've struggled with maybe as a creative or just in life in general? And like, mm-hmm. how have you been able to handle that and kind of come out of the other side? Wow. Great question. Um, so depression was a big one for me. I I was always under the impression that that happened to other people, not to me. And I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of things in life that goes for like getting laid off, losing a loved one early or someone, you know, fatal accident, depression, like, I don't know, there's fill in the blank, right? Um, and so I was in a lot of denial at first about it. And there was probably a year of time where it was on and off, like uh, peaks and valleys. But so that's that's been one, but it's also been beautiful because it's given me a bigger range of emotional experience in in life, which is super cool. Scary. I can empathize now with more people that depression is not just you're a little extra sad. It's like, you know, like in your bones, like to your core. There's like a, there's it's like heavy. And so, uh, I feel like I can like if I when I have kids someday if they go through I can sit with them and be like, yeah, I I understand actually. So that's. That was hard and cool, and I, and I might experience it again because we're human. But um, but I think on a bigger level, um, there's like a, like a, I'm not even say self confidence, but it's just like trusting who you are, trusting who I am. Um, and like a lot of therapy has been focused on like masks. Like over time, we I've learned how to grab mask for like a conference. Boom! This is Zach at a conference. Grab family mask. Grab you know, going out drinking with friends mask, like, and so I'm kind of always there. I know I'm there, but I'm putting on a, you know, a facade to be who I think people want me to be. And there's a quote that came out of that process, which was um, the, it was, it's less risky to be the Zach that my friends want me to be than to be the Zach that I want to be. And so that was a huge understanding that, okay, how, what happens if you do risk it and just be yourself around the same Zach, true to you, around anyone and everyone. I was like, that's super scary, but that sounds like what I want. And so I think that's been the biggest one is just trusting, sorry about that, uh, trusting like my, it's kind of trusting your guts, trusting who you are, it's trusting your feelings, trusting your energy, it's trusting where you're going. And so that's given me a lot of confidence actually. Um, But it's still a big struggle of like, don't put on, be yourself you know it it's so complicated but i think that's the biggest one for me i think that's that's a an unbelievable i don't even think it's an analogy but the mask idea mm. and like yeah the 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 i love that i've never heard of it phrased that way but it's super super true and so that's the thanks for sharing that that's yeah that's really i think it's great that you're self-aware that you understand it, that you did that or do that and you're trying to figure it out moving forward um I do before we before I ask you the last couple of questions, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to spend some time because you've acknowledged your your wife a number of times uh, helping you through your creative process, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of creatives, maybe myself included. Um, I don't like listening to exterior voices when I'm like in my zone of creativity. Ooh, yeah. And you, on the other hand, have acknowledged of like, hey, no, I think this is great insight. I'm going to pivot. 
Yeah. Um, I want to like talk through a little bit more of that process and like why you don't have like a wall of like, no, this is my fucking idea. And like, I need to do it this way, but you're like so open-minded about it. And I'm like, why is he so open-minded about it? Like, this is, this is crazy. Like she clearly yeah. has an amazing impact on your life, but like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that sparks an idea or a thought or a comment, but I wanted to acknowledge it. Yeah. No, I love that. I love, I think there's definitely a wall, like the exterior, like here's, like I totally am attached to this idea of like I want my ideas to be true to go forward I want control of them I don't want anything else like having a say and I trust her like to a supreme level of like I think she is a brilliant artist herself she's less she doesn't like share as much of it and I think that's cool I think she's taught me like yeah you're an artist if you're an artist if you're like if you're an artist you're an artist <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you sell stuff if you make it for fun, if it brings you therapeutic experience. And so I look at her work and I'm like, wow, she's like a tastemaker. Like she has this ability to grab things that are like before she's like, that's cool. And I'd be like, that's cool. And like, <laughs> or like she knows all the Oscar movies, like before they're nominated for Oscars, just because she like, I'm like, have you trained yourself to like, like all these movies or like, anyway, she's like, she's really aware of like what she likes. Um, so I trust her in that sense. And I think there's been an interesting process of me learning. Uh, I, for a long time, I wanted people to tell me what to do. As, I mean, I trained myself to be that way, like adapt, people please. You tell me what to do. And then if I do it, it's very little risk to me being vulnerable. And so it is in a shift of like turning that knob down and being like, okay, I want your opinion on these things because I'm kind of stuck and talking with you will help me like move past it maybe, or maybe you have an idea I can't see, or maybe like what she, so in that sense, there's like a, a cool dialogue. Um, and so, uh, so that's been cool. I think that's been helpful. There, and then there are times though, where I ask her or someone for input and then I do it and I'm like, you know what? It didn't work. Um, mm. Thank you. And I don't know. So I don't know. With painting, it's interesting because if I do something that I don't like, I can just paint over it, which right. I didn't know at first. <laughs> um, I was like, I get one shot. Like, <laughs> like. um, that's a good question, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's both right now. And I, yeah. I do like the idea of being in a studio with like my music on and it's just me. And when you enter, you're like, dang, this is all Zach up in here doing this thing. Yeah, it's my space. I mean, that's the beautiful yeah. part of being an artist and a creative. Um, Zach, I, I, uh, I ask everybody who comes on the podcast this question. Um, and I know we just spoke about your wife, so don't use her as an example unless you want mm -hmm. to really. Um, but while, you know, we're here, here for such a short time on this planet and like, we wouldn't be where we are today without other people's help. And so I like asking people if they would shout mm -hmm. somebody out, give them flowers, um, who's like really impacted you at a deep level. I mean, it could be Rick Rubin. I don't care, but like you like who comes to mind, you know, after hearing this, uh, or it could be multiple people. Hmm. That's a super good question. There's a lot of people dead and alive. Um, like one that that professor at at my first college, his name was uh, Josh Richter, Josh Riker. So shout out to him. I haven't talked to him in years. Um, I'll probably look him up and tell him thanks after this. But he really shaped my mind. Him and another guy named James Ewald, both in the graphic design department at Grandview University. Uh, I didn't even finish my time with them. So there's like an open, an open, I'd like to close that and let them know this, but they really opened my mind to 
how to see the world with more of like they gave me a uh, they like shined up my lens like here's my my camera lens they're like look at this look at this and so <laughs> Uh, shout out to them early on. I was, you know, like 18 to, to 20, 21 in right. that time. And so, and, um, but yeah, so they've been, they've been super cool. And I think Rick Rubin right now, like he's been putting words to feelings and, and thoughts for That's a while. So. I, I really hope you should look them up and, and, and reach out. I'm very curious to like, I think more people should do these like spontaneous ideas of like, haven't spoken to you in 20 years or 15 years, but like, you crossed my brain and I think it's really weird that you did. And I want mm. you to know that you mean a lot to me and you've changed my perspective on things. And I think you should do that. I think that'd be heck cool. Yeah. Dude, heck um, yeah, I think, absolutely. Zach, this has been fun, dude. I, uh, I'm stoked that you came on. I'm stoked that we, uh, we got to experience this because I don't have a lot of people on for a second time. I've had, it's been few and far between, but I'm very excited as this podcast continues to roll steadily to, to have you back on after seeing you get through this next phase. And that's what I'm really excited about. Um, where can people find you? Where can people follow along, experience your art, experience what you're working on, experience your foxhood hat things? Um, what, what do you got? What, what platforms do you use? Yeah, yeah. No, um, Instagram, Z underscore Smith, do most things there. Twitter, Twitter's mainly like my Web3 hangout. So smittastic.eth. Um, I think I have like my V friend is my profile. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Um, and then I have a website, zacksmith.com, Z-A-C-S-M-I-T, you know how to spell com. Um, that's where I hang out. So yeah, these 30 pieces, man, it's going to be fun. I think, I think I'll be a changed human. I think I'll be a different human at the end of it, you know? And so. I can't wait, dude. It's going to be amazing. Thank you for joining us and coming on and, and sharing a uh, little nuggets of wisdom. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. And shout out to you. You're an inspiration, like on many levels. So keep doing your thing. Much love.